Good evening and welcome to the Get Football Mercato Show, here every weekday to bring you the latest transfer news from across France, Germany and Italy. I'm your host Nathan Staples and joining me this evening are Axel Falk from Get German Football News and Alessandro Puglesi from Get Italian Football News should be joining us a little bit later. He's having a bit of a Wi-Fi problem and I will be the one filling in this evening for the Get French Football News side of things, which are, you know, pulling double duty. I am an asset to this company. Um, starting off in Germany, where rumours Axel are swirling that Mainz have turned down a big offer from Premier League for one of their stars. What more can you tell us? Well, it's um, it's a case of Mainz being Mainz here, actually. Uh, Mainz have, since well, since a few years back, they've begun to like buy rather unknown talents for very um, cheap money and then selling them on, or well, at least demanding uh, very high sums for these players. Uh, they did the same with Abdul uh, Diallo to uh, Borussia Dortmund, who went for I think twenty-five million, and for uh, of course um, Suat Serdar, who went to Schalke for. 10 million, I think, two very big sums for players who might not be worth that money. Uh, and of course, they just turned down a um, bid from, I think it says Manchester United or Liverpool, or at least a very big English club for uh, Jean Philippe Gimaman, who um, has been a, well, a very, very good um, defensive midfielder for them in the last two years, uh, true. A store defender, uh, some sorts, in a very mediocre um, mind team. So, um, yeah, I, I'd say that this is minds being minds, and um, it's just to be 28 million uh, the bid it turned down. So, I think one of these clubs has to make a better bid, perhaps over 30 million, to get the French uh, defensive midfielder who has been. Very, very good form in the last few years, even though Mines hasn't performed as good as they perhaps should have. And that's the interesting thing about this kind of deal. It's some big Premier League clubs involved, maybe looking at a potential cup price deal. I suppose 28 million euros doesn't sound like cup price, really, when you think about it, but it feels like it in the modern market, really. So, and like you mentioned, he's, he's sort of been firefighting down there at Mines, especially last season at least. But is he good enough to make that kind of big step up? I personally do not think so. I think he's he has his um, big limits. Uh, there are like grand limits to his game. Um, I think he could be a bit quicker. I think his passing could be a bit better to uh, in order to fit in at a big club like Manchester United, Liverpool. I think a step within Bundesliga could be a better choice, or a step to a mil, well, perhaps not middle table um, Premier League or La Liga club, but a club that's just just beneath uh, the top. Um, so that, that would be probably a better deal for him. Um, I personally, as I said, I do, do not think he's ready. I think he has his problems. He's a bit rash sometimes. Uh, can um, throw himself into tackles. Seem quite, well, Lota Mateus-esque. Um, so uh, I think he needs to improve a bit before actually being able to take that step for real. Uh, even though I think, I mean, he's only 22 years old. I think so he has, I mean, if, if they do buy him, he has the potential to grow, but I think he needs one or two years to develop his game even further, or perhaps a move to a club that's a bit bigger than mine, but not as big as much as United or Liverpool. 
And it's going to be an interesting one to follow, especially with that door slamming pretty soon for those Premier League clubs. But uh, on to things in Italy with you, Sandra. Thank you for joining us. They're um, starting to really heat up now. I know the news sort of broke from Sky Italia sort of Friday night, but um, it's slowly gaining momentum now. How close are we to this huge swap deal between three different players between AC Milan and, and Juventus? So we are nearing the finish line for this uh, big, big deal. Uh, the for Higuain to accept the move to AC Milan, uh, which still has not been confirmed, as him and his agent brother Nicholas are not totally convinced by the loan plus option to buy offer at the moment. But besides that, Juventus and Milan have reached an agreement to swap Leonardo Bonucci and Mattia Caldara who are each valued at $40 million. And then it is also contingent with Gonzalo Higuain joining the Rossoneri on an expensive loan in the range of 15 to €18 million, Euro, plus the option to buy for around $35 million. Um, this deal looks as if it's going through, um, but if <laughs> this transfer window has taught us anything, nothing is official until it is official. Um, but certainly a monumental shift uh, in Italy. We've discussed sort of the defender side of this swap deal quite considerably, but uh, you've already mentioned there that the one that sort of is the linchpin in this one is Gonzalo Higuain. And many people will be asking, Sandro, that despite obviously the loan deal, despite the eagerness to let him go at Juventus side of things, it seems at least, with that option to buy, if he does succeed, at Milan with with that 15 million euro obviously loan fee being pretty significant to start off with but that's still a cut price deal for only what a year a year and a bit that that Juventus spent so much to bring him from Napoli certainly I mean Higuain guarantees you at least at minimum 15 to 20 goals in the Italian league um, which is certainly a profile that Milan have been looking for Um, they've been lacking the last few years Uh, I mean Although they are losing their captain in Bonucci, they are getting a bona fide replacement in Caldara, who is um, almost 10 years younger and who will be a great partner um, with Alessio Romagnoli in the back. Um, For me, uh, Milan come out winners in this deal uh, at the moment. Obviously, things have to be played out. But, uh, I mean, considering... The new management has just taken over at Milan. This uh, this looks like a pretty good first step. It's going to be interesting to see how it all unfolds within the next couple of days. We should be uh, hopefully seeing signing on dotted lines. On to things in France. And the interesting one that everyone really should have been looking at earlier today came up on our Twitter feed is the the one between that involves AIS Monaco, who are looking at potentially bringing back to France Andre Pierre Gignac, formerly of Marseille, uh, Toulouse, obviously, as well. Um, a terrific striker in his day. Scored plenty of goals even before he left for Tigres in Mexico. But he does look like he wants to return to Europe now, the 32-year-old, probably try and settle down for the last couple of years. And and, and Monaco have made an approach with a view to signing because they do need an extra bit of firepower, really. We ha- we saw Stefan Jovetic finish the season pretty well for them, and obviously Bradamal Falcao, who I'll, I'll get on to in a moment, um, did supply plenty of goals for the club, but they they do need a bit more firepower, a bit, bit more, more urgency, a bit more strength, especially 
because there is rumours that that man, their captain, Radamel Falcao, is also potentially looking at a move away. In fact, uh, and I'll bring you in on this in a moment, Sandro, because there were um, interest from Chinese clubs and AC Milan in the Colombian international with the Italian side uh, supposedly coming close to agreeing a swap deal involving Andre Silva, um, engineered by George Mendes, but they decided against the move in the end. Maybe Falcao's injury history had them a little bit worried, but he has had a terrific season, scoring plenty of goals at third top scorer in France. It was really a tremendous season, although it was a lot first half of the season heavy, really. Um, but he is maybe looking at one more deal, but he's also not really in a hurry to leave. He's happy to stay um, if there's potentially a big contract from the Monogalese side. Um, but I, I do want to get your opinion on this one as well, Sandra, obviously because it did evolve AC Milan briefly. Do you think that a move that would have seen Falcao swapped for Andre Silva um, been a good solution for their striking problems at the Rossoneri? Uh, I think it would have been a decent option. Uh, again, Falcao is likely a, a profile that will get you at least around 15 to 20 league goals. Um, Andre Silva clearly struggled to adapt in his first season, although showing short spurts of promise. Um, I think the main thing for him is a bit of confidence and to get in a good run of play. Uh, so perhaps maybe he wouldn't have found that at Monaco. Um the question for Milan is, right now, they really need to offload some strikers. They still have Kalinic, Baca, Andre Silva. Um, so they're still looking to offload someone up top. Um, I think it would have been a decent option for them, but uh, it looks like they're staying uh, on the peninsula with uh, Higuain. Yeah, absolutely. It looks like we're... Looking at the Argentinian joining in, but back on to Andre Piagignac very quickly. I think he would be a good option for AS Monaco if, if Falcao were to leave, obviously. But I, I think that the problem with having him, if he does um, end up coming there, you have to think that, obviously, adding to your Vitic and, and Falcao and Caetabalde, who obviously they sometimes play as a striker, as well as Pietro Pellegri, who they bought back in January as well, the youngster, um, potentially getting more game time this season, you would think, because that's the kind of way Monaco end up going. So maybe Gignac is only really an option should that sort of materialise. But also, there might be more interest in Gignac, I think, further down the season. If he does want to return from Mexico, I think uh, Marseille might look at him again, needing their striker, uh, striking bits, or, or if they go for Balotelli in the end, maybe Nice have a look at him and see if they can try and sign him for, for a relatively cut price deal. You never know. I think we might see um, the French international back on those shores this season but we shall wait and see how that moves on in the next week or so um, on to our roundups and we'll start in germany with the bundesliga and there's some interesting moves that have happened and are on the proceeds of happening axel and we'll start with benedict huedes who obviously spent his loan at juventus last season didn't really quite work out for him and now it looks like he's going to go for a permanent move away from schalke but to where to um moscow and Lokomotiv Moscow um, as well. Um, of course, he hasn't been Dominic Tedesco's biggest hero um, at Schalke, which surprised last summer uh, because, I mean, Hoedes is one of the most influential defenders uh, in Germany in the last decade or so. So it was kind of, kind of a shock to many Bundesliga fanatics to see him leave for uh, Juventus uh, on a loan deal. Um, but yeah, Tedesco does not fancy him, uh, does not see his qualities and is therefore keen on 
yeah, well, especially selling him for about five million, it seems, which is a, well a minimal price for his quality to uh, the Russian side. Um, I mean, it would be a very good signing for Moscow, of course. Uh, Hovis is, is a very, very competent defender. Uh, would be a decent move for Hovis, I suppose. Um, he would get playing time. He would probably get some money for it as well. And for Schalke, it's it's probably a quite bad deal to be honest. It's it's, it's a, as I said, it's, it's a cut price for his quality. They could get much more for him. I think they could could have got ten million at least for him, perhaps even fifteen. Um, so it does seem like Tedesco just wants him out, just wants him to leave, just wants his leadership abilities to be gone. Um, it's it's a very strange uh, situation for for Tedesco, and I. I can't really fathom why he acts like this. Uh, this must be, must be something going on behind the scenes between those two. Um, perhaps they just don't get along. Because I find this sign quite strange uh, in general. It, it, it's good for Lokomotiv Moscow. It's good, good for Hovedes in some way or another. But for Schalke, it's horrible. So, um, uh, yeah, 5 million to Lokomotiv Moscow, it seems to be done. Um, I think only the... Um, uh, the uh, checks in Moscow are to be done, and then everything should be signed and ready. Mm, and it's an interesting one, isn't it, Axel? Because, like you mentioned that, briefly, that um, obviously he was club captain. He was there for the longest time. It always felt like he was Mr. Schalke, really. And then the loan spell came out of nowhere last season. I'm sure Sandro will, will agree that it didn't really get, work out at the old lady. He, there was injuries. There was plenty of players ahead of him as well. Uh, but he returns back to to Schalke, like you say. We don't really know what's going on behind the scenes with him and uh, Tedesco, but at the same time, it, it, it feels a little bit strange with them having Naldo and Nastasic. They don't really have an enormous amount of productivity. And, and his experience there with so many young players in that squad, you'd feel like it'd be worth its miles. But I suppose with him getting slower, it just feels like a well, if you're locomotive Roscoe, like you mentioned, I thought it's surely they're rubbing their hands at this one. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, as I said, the Schalke defense isn't the, like the deepest uh, of defenses when it comes to quality. Uh, they have two very, very good defenders in Nassage and Naldo, but Naldo is 20, 36 years, years old and is getting slower every day. Uh, and Nassage is injury prone. Of course, they have Titi Lucchieri as well, but he's he's been um, uh, up and down. His, his form has been very up and down. His quality has been very up, up and down. So I, I, I would have said before this season that I, I would have considered Hodes to be a good, good, well, new signing, so to speak, for them. Um, him returning from, from you, but um, I can definitely see Lokomotiv Moscow being very, very happy with the signing. So it's it's perfect for them in, in all ways. Uh, and of course, I mean, perhaps it's good for Hodes to join um, Lokomotiv. I mean, Lokomotiv won the Russian Championship last, uh, last um, term, so he joins a very merited club, but it's still it's strange for Schalke, quite strange for Hovis, but amazing for amazing business by um, Lokomotiv Moscow. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see how he can help with the Champions League push. Um, on to some deals, another deal that looks like it, it may be happening, and that's uh, Boca Junior star Naitan Nandez. Um, interesting Stuttgart, who've had a bit of a revelation this summer of really bringing in quite a few players, especially at the very start of the window, but uh, maybe one to finish off it and maybe just add that little extra spice to the squad. Yeah. Um, of course, Stuttgart changed. Uh, well, they basically fired their oh, their former, um, uh, I think, sporting director, Schindler Meiser, last summer or 
the winter before and then brought in uh, Reshka, um, which seems like a perfect uh, deal for them because Reshka has certainly like turned the whole club around, signed a few very, very good players. Um, for example, of course, Pablo Mafio from um, from Manchester City. And this is seems, it does seem to be quite um, unreachable for Stuttgart at the moment because 20 million is the asking price from Boca Juniors and that does seem a bit too steep for Stuttgart. However, according to Kicker, um, Nathan Nunes wants to move to Stuttgart uh, quite desperately even. Uh, so there could be something in there. I think Reshke actually even kind of counts on this transfer going through for them. And this transfer would be fantastic for Stuttgart. Um, it's a player who can play defensive midfield, centre midfield right or left midfield, uh, very, very versatile, very technical, very good with the ball, quite good defensively as well, uh, from what I've seen. Um, and basically the perfect place to go. They, they need a very versatile de- uh, midfielder because uh, they have Christian Gensner, but he's getting on, he's getting older, getting a bit slower. So Nathan Nunez would be perfect for them, I think, in that role especially. Um So yeah, very. it would be very, very good business once again from Stuttgart if, if it were to happen. Mm, yeah, it's uh, Stuttgart building a, a bit of a case to p- push for Europa League and maybe they may even set some of the, the bigger boys in Bundesliga at least next season, but we'll wait and see. But the, the feel-good story of the weekend, really, Axel, and I think everyone will agree with this, is Claudio Pizarro's return to Werder Bremen, his fourth permanent spell at the club at least some people are counting the fifth spell when he was at loan from Chelsea for half the season some people aren't including um, Verda themselves by calling it um, the hashtag fourth slice of Pisa which is, <laughs> is lovely stuff um, how nice is it for the Peruvian to admittedly he's saying he's going to end his career at Bremen we'll take his word for it now because he's mentioned it a few times already um, but a really great story and a chance for the Peruvian the all-time leading um, Oh, Lewandowski almost passed. I think did Lewandowski pass in this season for all time? Yeah, did. Sorry, still in the top ten uh, of all time in Bundesliga, and is of course the number one Werder Bremen uh, goal scorer of all time. Yeah, and he's also obviously the number one Peruvian. But let's 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 talk about. Um, it'd be great to see him end his career at the place where really he made his name. Definitely, uh, and Werder Bremen is not a club that's done very very good business this summer. They signed. Um, well, let's say left back Ludwig Augustinsson's right-sided um, copy, basically Felix Bemel from uh, Hugh Gordon in Sweden, uh, which is a very good signing. They signed um, David Klassen from Everton. Um, they managed to keep Max Kuse, who was bound to leave. Uh, he said it, he he's glad to stay at the club, uh, and now Pizarro returns to provide some, let's say, some um, integrity and some, um, well. Um, inspiration to the dressing room perhaps when when things go dark he can step up and bring some light to it um it's a very good signing i i'm not sure how much he will actually feature in the next season um but he will bring plenty of stuff to the dressing room and to the squad and to everything and it's 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 a truly feel good story for 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 everyone and, and involved with this story um especially for of course for Kalipisau, uh who i genuinely hope will end the season with a bang this season because he, he has definitely earned that. Um, 
you can always trust him to be a fox in the box. It didn't quite work out at Cologne, but his, his previous spell at Werder Bremen before that went pretty well, and his mm-hmm. other previous spells at most other clubs really went pretty well. So let's hope he can, like you say, Axel, uh, finish on a bang. On to things in Italy, and there's quite a few deals, really, Sandro, that are sort of coming close to fruition or, or very close to going over the line. And we'll start with the one that's really picked up momentum today, and that's with Salchio um, heading to Inter Milan. It still feels like a bit of a surprise that Atletico and Madrid are allowing him to go, although they are also looking at their options. There's talks that they're they're having a look at a right back this evening as well. But um, a big deal for Inter, a big chance for them to, again, add to what has been an excellent summer. Certainly. I mean, this would really be a top signing. Um, So Gianluca Di Marzio is reporting that Inter have an agreement with Atletico for Sime Versaco uh, on a $6.5 million loan deal plus the option to buy for an additional $17.5 million. Um, I mean, this, is, this would be definitely a pretty good signing for Inter. Uh, he feels a need at right back, also gives Spalletti some versatility. Uh, I mean, he was fantastic at the World Cup, and uh, Inter really are continuing their stretch of good signings this summer. And it's really just continuing, really, with, with, with other teams bringing in all the good players and I wanted to talk about uh, Fiorentina who are linked with yet another player in being this time around being uh, Piace but there's also obviously the, and I'll give you a little bit more time to stew on this one Sandro because Leeds fans are obviously asking about Ronaldo Vieira obviously heading supposedly to Sampdoria as well another interesting deal on the on the continent but we'll focus on Piace first we mentioned a few a few days ago, really, that Juventus were looking to really move him on. It was maybe his opportunity to spread his wings and try uh, pastures anew, especially after the Schalke loan deal was relatively okay, but he's never really going to break into the Juve team. Is Fiorentina the ideal place for him? Uh, I think it could definitely be. I mean, so Juve finally seemed to be open to the idea of sending him out on loan uh, with the option to buy for Laviola. Uh, I mean, Piaccia could have a bright future. He seems like a pretty nifty player, skillful on the wing, but he certainly needs some regular playing time, uh, which I think he can find at Fiorentina. Um, and this could work out for both sides. Uh, Piaccia can get some playing time. Viola are always looking for talented players. So I think this works pretty well. Um, and along with that deal, it looks like uh, Stefano Sturaro could be also headed to Florence. Uh, on a permanent deal, um, as Juve are definitely looking to ship him out of their congested midfield uh, and get some cash. Uh, Storaro had interest from the Premier League, uh, but for the moment, it looks like uh, he might be headed to Fiorentino. An interesting one, really. Uh, on to that deal I, I very briefly mentioned before then. Sandra, I just wanted to ease you into it just as a reminder, really. But um, Leeds fans are a little bit disappointed tonight that Ronaldo Vieira seems to be going. Some are saying that he's maybe a little bit overrated, but at the same time, he missed a big chunk of last season and seen as one of their biggest prospects um, over at the Yorkshire Club. But off to Sampdoria, it looks like he's headed on a plane. He looks like he's beat going for other medical and um, probably tomorrow morning but um an interesting signing for a club that does like bringing through young players certainly i mean some i have a very solid record of uh scouting youngsters uh they just sold lucas torriera this summer uh to arsenal um so i don't know much about ronaldo Vieira from leeds but uh he's expected to join for 7 million euro as reported by gianluca di marzio 
his medical is scheduled for tomorrow. Uh, and along with that, Sampdoria are also looking to re-sign um, Pedro Obiang, who is now at West Ham, who Sampdoria sold to the Premier League two or three summers ago. Uh, there's still some distance between the clubs on that one. But uh, Sampdoria are certainly making moves this summer under uh, new sporting director, Walter Sabatini. And it's sort of toing and throwing that Obiang deal, isn't it? It's that it looked like it was going to be a loan with a, an option to buy, then supposedly a permanent deal with more money. West Ham obviously sort of dragging their feet on and on for this one, but we shall wait and see. Um, on to Lazio, who we've, who've mentioned a few times um, this well last week with with players like Correa and uh, also coming to the club and a couple more in the pipeline, at least Bedell. Plus, even Storado might interest them as well, but we, we don't know how close that one is. But uh, uh, on to it, well, the Super Eagles. What do you think to their chances of bringing those players in and what they may add to their team? Uh, so, Milan Badel is in Rome. Lazio have tweeted his arrival. Uh, he is set to undergo his medical and sign his contract tomorrow. Uh, I mean, this is a pretty impressive signing for me. Um by the Blue Chetka, uh, by the Bianco Celesti. Uh, he's a free agent after his contract with Fiorentina expired. Uh, he was courted by many teams across Europe. Uh, he took his time to make a decision, uh, but he's finally headed to Lazio. For me, it's a bit interesting because Lazio's midfield might be a little uh, stacked right now. But uh, nonetheless, a good solid signing on a free for uh, Simone Inzaghi's men. Uh, and also, Joaquin uh, Correra is uh, also scheduled to arrive either tonight or tomorrow, who joined Sevilla, I believe, two summers ago from Sampdoria. So he will be making his return to Italy, who um, definitely never really hit the ground running well in Spain. But he showed pretty uh, impressive glimpses uh, at Sampdoria a couple of years back. So this is Lazio reinvesting the Felipe Anderson money. Uh, which for on a 23 year old who has shown promise and um, has experience in Italy is to me a pretty good deal. An interesting one to see how they sort of expand on that season where they were so close to Champions League football. Um, finally, we finish in France and a bit of a roundup from there. There's plenty of interesting deals in the pipeline. And the one I want to start with is Matt Miaz Miazga from. Um, Obviously, Chelsea, Fabi was on a loan at Vitesse last season. Looks like he's pretty close to joining Caen on loan for the rest of the season. Obviously, they're trying to fill in the, for the departure of Damien De Silva, who's still a free agent, but is being looked at by a number of bigger French clubs. Um, it'd be an interesting signing for them, really, for both club and player, really. I know uh, Miazga is looking for first-team football and to continue his growth. He was good at Vitesse last season, scored a couple of goals as well. Um Nice and commanding, strong. Feels like the ideal replacement for Damien De Silva, who was very much the same kind of player, but maybe a little bit more dangerous in the opposition box. But Com need that kind of signing. They are built from defensive solidity. And even though Patrice Garand has left this summer, um, they will be still looking to build on that basis that they have big, strong, physical side. And Matt Mizaga um, would be part of that, given how his profile has been so far. He's a, he's a really good defender on his day, to be fair, from what I've seen um, back at Vitesse. It, 
it's a bit of always seems like the loan club really of, of all the Chelsea youngsters really but um, it's a chance for him to impress in France if he does maybe if it doesn't quite go as well as they hope at Chelsea there's, there is options there with the league and eyes on on him at least and there hopefully he can prove to be a great addition to Con who definitely need it really they were really struggled at the end of last season and, and do need a stronger um, option this season on to another bit of news that I, I really jerk and I, I want your opinion on this one Sandra as well because it obviously involves a player in Italy and that's Mbay Niang who is interesting niece who are obviously still looking for striker reinforcement so I'll get your thoughts on him first um, Sandra well, he's obviously had a couple of loan spells in, in Liga and before as well while he was still at AC Milan he came to Montpellier and did uh, okay got the move to Torino who obviously have been relatively good in the last couple of seasons weren't as good as la- as the uh, 2016-17 campaign with Bellotti also sort of having interest call off on him as well but um, Niang a bit part player in Torino is he really someone who can lead the line on himself in a bigger club well not necessarily a bigger club but lead the line on his own I don't believe so uh, I mean he certainly had a good World Cup with Senegal but I definitely don't think he's the, the type of player that can lead an attack uh, he's certainly a capable player, useful player uh, on the wing, although he obviously can also play up top. But I think um, more as a squad, dependable player, uh, he can put in a good shift. But if uh, you're looking for him to lead your line, uh, I, I don't think uh, you're in the, exactly the right uh, spot. Yeah, I I agree. I, I think when I, when I saw the deal that, they were potentially doing that and Torino had turned it down. I, I was quite glad for Nice, really, to be fair, because if they are losing Mario Balotelli, they need to replace him with a, a I think, possibly a younger striker. I, I think someone maybe a bit more dynamic. Niang can be a little bit funny in front of goal, like you mentioned. He does tend to prefer to play slightly out wider. And would that fit in Patrick Vieira's new system? What, whatever he decides to play, I don't know. But they've got so many talented players at Nice, they need to try and figure out how to make this team as good as a Europa League contender again, rather than slip back into mid-table or, or further back like they looked like they'd started to do at the start of last season. If it wasn't so close in that middle table, maybe they would have struggled even more. But it doesn't sound like the kind of signing that would excite fans or Ligue 1 fans, really. He wasn't great at Montpellier last season, not last season, the season before when he did come on loan. He, did, he scored a few goals, but he never really quite impressed. He's always looked like that physical strong sort of player but also with a bit of speed but he's never really quite given the potential that got him to AC Milan in the first place all those years ago but um, it just looked like Nisa at least interested in uh, seeing what he might be able to do for them. Uh, on to the final bit of news in Ligue 1 this evening and Ras seemed to be stealing a march on Angers for Hyun Jung Suk the Trois striker who did a Decent campaign, scored a couple of goals against Monaco, which many people will remember from the Ligue 1 season last season. But he doesn't feel like the hallmark striker that Rans maybe need to help them stay up. They obviously lost Jordan Sibacho um, back earlier in the summer. He's headed to Red, their top scorer in Ligue 2 last season. He really had a terrific season, finally breaking out of his shell after um, spelling Ligue 1, obviously with Rennes. We're, he was relatively good, but it felt like that that league this season last season really allowed him to explode, and and he's hopeful that he can do that at Ren. But Rats need to fill his goals with him gone, and uh, is Hunyu suck the man to do it? 
probably not. He didn't have the most explosive of seasons. I think he scored six goals. In the end, Fatois, who eventually went down and, and needed more goals, really, and they, that's the thing they struggled with. And do you really want to trust the Korean that didn't quite get those goals for them? It's a tricky one. But when you also think that Angers were interested as well, it seems a bit strange that both clubs were, were willing to try and spend it. They've supposedly been working on a deal for the last three weeks and Rance have stolen a march on them and the, the Champagne Club may be the one to finally get his signature over the line. But we shall wait and see really whether A, they do get their man or B, um, whether he'll be worth it really and whether he can keep the team up this season. Uh, that's all for this evening. My thanks to Alessandro and Axel for their company and the same to all of you listening at home. Uh, please do join us again tomorrow for all the crazy world of transfer window. Good night.